The boy lay twenty-five feet below, lodged against a small thicket of shrubs on the cliff. The quilt was still partially wrapped around his little body. One bare hand lay extended from the bundle. I took off my skis and crept to the edge, searching for movement. Is he alive? His hand moved. I cupped my hands around my mouth to help project my words in the wind. Don't move, son. I'm coming to get you. I grabbed my old wooden ski poles, thinking fast. If I tried to go for help, the boy would freeze to death before I returned. I had no choice but to go down after him. One at a time, I snapped the twenty-year-old bamboo ski poles against the base of a nearby pine. I broke off the top third of each pole, leaving foot-long sticks with nylon loops attached to the top. I pulled the tie string from my hood, lashed it around both of the sticks, and bound them tightly together. After winding the nylon hand loops within each other to keep them from separating at the top, I slid one hand through the double loop. I hoped it would work as a pick with which I could stab the snow on the way down the slope. Jabbing with my handmade pick, I carefully lowered myself over the ledge, praying that it would hold. When my feet found purchase, I dug the heels of my ski boots into the ground and packed a small wedge into the snow. Testing it, I found it would hold. I pulled the pick out and moved my hand down to waist level, spearing the snow beside me. Encouraged, I repeated the action once again. It worked. The ball of fire had lessened below, but smoke continued to pour into the night sky. I slowly worked my way down the hill and called to the child, repeating similar phrases in case he could hear me. You'll be okay, sport. Just hold nice and still. When I was ten feet from the boy, he raised his face to mine. His eyes were wide with fear. He shivered violently. Our eyes connected, and I spoke in a soothing tone. Almost there now. Just hang on. Put your hands in your pockets if you can. They'll be warmer that way. He drew his thin arm back under the quilt. Good. Good job. That's right. The pick slipped, and I started to slide. Snow scraped against my cheek, and I plummeted toward the gorge. A cry of fear came from the boy. And maybe there was one from me. I don't remember. But God must have decided he needed me this day, for my descent was halted when my scrabbling hands caught the base of a thick shrub. I hung onto the bush and jammed the pick hard into the snowpack beside it. The moment I transferred my weight to the pick, the bush's roots pulled out, and it tumbled toward the fire below. I figured my adrenaline had been at peak levels before, but now it flooded my body into survival mode. I kicked into the side of the hill to form another wedge. Drenched in sweat now, in spite of the frigid wind, I worked in reverse, climbing thirty feet up to the boy who had been sobbing and watching the whole thing. When I finally reached him, I feared for his life. He'd been out of the cold for over a half hour and was shaking badly. 
I pulled myself up into the deeper section of the ledge of honeysuckle bushes where he lay. I held out my arms, struggling to catch my breath. Come on, little guy. I'm not going to hurt you. Can you move over here toward me, buddy? He nodded and squirmed along the ledge, leaving the more precarious section of the outcropping. Thankful he could move, apparently he hadn't broken any bones, I held out my arms to him. He hesitated for a moment. Fear washed over his face. Is he afraid of me? It's okay, little fella. I have a grandson who's just a little younger than you. His name is Johnny. Would you like to come see him? His face still registered fear. Don't worry, son. I wouldn't hurt you for the world. Come on over here so I can warm you up, and then I'll bring you back up the hill to safety.